Tim's lunch. Tim's lunch. What's up, buddy? Hey, hey, look. Hello, everyone. Uh, if you are a, a regular listener uh, for our podcast, Champs Lunch, then this is the first time you're actually seeing us. You've heard our voices before, uh, but this is the first time you're actually seeing us. This is uh, our first ever live stream. Uh, we wanted to give this a try because uh, the ultimate schmodown, of course, is starting. It actually started today, but we have not watched the match yet, so don't worry about that. Uh, but we're going to be picking our brackets uh, for the ultimate schmodown. Uh, going through uh, each match uh, in the singles tournament and uh, telling who we think uh, is going to win. Uh, and I'm joined by my co-host, Scott Shelton. Scott, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Scott. I just uh, moved into a new apartment, or as I like to call it, my new recording studio. So all perfect timing to have our first uh, video podcast as well. So, Yeah, so we're, we're hoping if this is successful, we'll do a couple of our videos, probably again when the team's tournament happens. Um, and then for our main podcast, Some Like It Scott, which um, if you all don't listen to Some Like It Scott, uh, you can check that out uh, in the same feed where you find Champs Lunch. Just type in Some Like It Scott. Um, but you should check that out on Apple Podcasts. And we are going to be doing, we're going to be doing a live stream for our end of the year episode when we have our uh, best movies of the year episode. Um, and uh, we are... Uh, going to be counting down our top 10 movies of the year. And we have a couple of guests who are going to be on that episode. So uh, you're not going to want to miss that that live stream for sure. Um, so yeah, we're hoping to, to make this a somewhat regular thing uh, going forward. But for now, uh, if you're ready, Scott, let's get into these brackets, shall we? Why not? Let's do it. Okay. Let me actually pull up the bracket here. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I think I know most of it off the top of my head, but, uh, you know, got to be safe. All right, let's start up in that top left quadrant um, where, you know, there's not seeds for this, um, which is probably a good thing. You know, if any of the, the face-off people are watching, you know uh, you know how imprecise that seeding can be um, from the way that this tournament has gone. Uh, but uh, we have what who is surely one of the top seeds in the tournament, and that's Mark Riley, going up against Stacey Howard. Scott, another matchup between uh, the Horsemen and Corruption. We've been seeing a ton of these matchups lately, uh, most of which have been going in Corruption's favor. Uh, obviously, Riley's the favorite here. Uh, do you think that this, uh, this rivalry is going to continue to go in Corruption's favor? Man, I feel like every time I talk about a match with Stacey Howard, and I somehow convince myself that I like probably could pick her for an upset, or I mean, at one point she was probably the favorites for some of these matches. But for me, in in this case, so when I'm thinking about this match, I'm thinking, you know, Mark hasn't played really since he played Snyder. So yeah. I don't think who's the boss has played since then, and that was a long time ago. And I know that it's not like he's been retired and out of out of the schmodown for a year or anything like that at this point. But I'm like, well, Stacey Howard played a team's match and did pretty well at Tim Franco with Crimson Fury. But then I think about all the other times she's been in singles this year, and she hasn't really impressed or uh, exceeded any any bar or expectations. And so as much as I'd like to be able to say this is going to be where the upset hap- one of the upsets happens, because she has upset people in the past in the Ultimate Showdown singles tournament, I just, I'm going to go with Mark Riley here. I think things will, will go the... Uh, the five horsemen's way 
and this one over over crush. Maybe get the first win in a while over them. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Mark Riley. Yeah, Scott, we've talked a lot about Stacy and her ups and downs on the podcast. Um, I talk about that I'm a fan of her, not just because we have the same birthday. I think yeah. that um, she was a good heel back in the day. She's still a good heel, to be honest. Um, I, I enjoyed watching her and uh, Brienne when they were on a team together. Uh, but yeah, it she's incredibly inconsistent. Her best win so far was in the first round of the Ultimate Schmodown Tournament against Mark Ellis, but that was two years ago. And if you remember back to that tournament, uh, the next match, this is something that most people don't talk about uh, for good reason. Uh, if you're a, if you're a Stacey fan, um, the next match after she beat Ellis, she got KO'd by Rachel Cushing in the second round uh, and only scored like single digit points or something. It was an absolute bloodbath. Um, and so... You know, that just kind of epitomizes the career that she's had, I think, in the Schmodown thus far. Um, just really not able to string any sort of quality wins together. You know, the last time we saw her was in that um, that collision match, the manager bowl. Um, and she played pretty well in that match despite coming in fourth place. But I've been, hurt, I've been hurt too many times before, um, you know, to, to think that she's going to rebound from that and be able to take out someone of Mark Riley's caliber. I will talk about some of my uh, misgivings maybe about Riley yeah. uh, in a little bit, but I don't think he's going to have any trouble with this match. So we'll save that for a little bit. And I, I do have him moving on as well. Yeah. It's one of those things where if you even think back to the match at collision and correct me if I'm misremembering this, but she really didn't have that good of a match. I mean, I guess everyone did well in round one. I think she was either the lowest or second lowest score, which is saying like she got six or seven points, which is pretty good. It's a pretty good first round. But, I, I mean, she was trailing the pack pretty heavily, and only with a perfect round three did she really put herself, um, give herself that, that um, respectable showing that we know that she's capable of, right? So, you know, similar in ways, which maybe like Kurt with um, Founding Fathers scoring all 10 points in their round three against Corruption in that number one contenders match, I think that sometimes a really good round three, which you can't always count on because it, those five-point questions are so difficult. Right. Uh, Sometimes they can really put a put a gloss on an otherwise average performance, which ultimately maybe everyone's performance was above average in that match, and so maybe it's unfair to say that she wasn't uh, up to the, up to that same standard. But I I do think that it did kind of uh, gloss over um, an average performance. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. Um, and yeah, I think Riley uh, will take this one. I've also heard that he's been using some new study methods, so um, we'll have to see how those work out. But it seems like to succeed, to really succeed in the Schmodown nowadays, you do have to have some sort of uh, off-kilter study methods. But Yeah, uh, I mean, he probably got that from Ben Bateman, who is known for, I mean, along with Kalinowski being one of the people who pioneered the, well, newer studying tactics. Of course, Kevin Smets in the dungeon in there as well. But that's something that the five horsemen probably need more of. But I mean, not to not to tell Dan Merle how to do his job, because he is the greatest of all time. Yeah. But um, I don't know. They're, they're in a bit of a tough spot right now, but I'm sure they'll rebound. All right, moving on now to the match, which actually dropped today. Uh, Scott, like we said, we haven't watched the match yet, so we do not know the result of this. Uh, it's very possible that two hours from now, we're going to regret everything that uh, <laughs> we've said here. But uh, who do you like between Whitney the Beauty Seibold, uh, former member of Critically Acclaimed, 0-1 in the singles division, but still making it into the tournament, still a very knowledgeable player, uh, going up against one of the rising stars in this league, Brendan the Kid Meyer, um, started out 0-1, but then had that amazing free-for-all performance, uh, and then beat Video Drew to get his first 
uh, singles win. So he is one and one on the rise. Uh, Scott, who do you like in this one? Yeah, I think this is a hard one because we haven't really seen much of Whitney this year, right? I mean, we got the one singles match from him earlier this year where he did lose against, uh, is it Diamond Dave Del Rio? Is that who he lost yeah, to? Yeah, that's who he lost to, yeah. Yeah, um, which, you know, he is a very respectable competitor and, you know, no tough loss. I mean, he would have beaten Paul Preston probably if not for a absolutely disastrous round two, uh, it's fair to say, uh, a couple weeks yeah. back. But I, I, it does give me pause for concern because I think we had really high expectations for Whitney coming into singles after his really great career as a part of critically acclaimed, of course. You know, I think he's played three matches this year total, so we're really not working from very much here going into the tournament. I think I am going to give him the edge. I think that uh, Brendan Meyer, I like him a lot, and I would not at all be surprised uh, if he did end up winning this match. But I think that Whitney, uh, it, it's it's going to mean a lot to him, I think. Obviously, kayfabe is kayfabe, um, but I think he's really going to want to prove himself after losing that first round match. And I'm not saying Brendan Meyer won't want to win this also because it's going to matter to him being Bibbs' new partner. This match is going to matter to both of them. But I think that Whitney has a lot more to prove and is going to want to prove that even though he hasn't been in the ring as much as Brendan has recently. So I'm going to go with Whitney. I'm going to go with the upset, I think. Yeah, I think it probably is an upset. Although I have to say, Scott, looking at this left side of the bracket, I really think like when I looked at this to start off with, I thought there are six people of the eight over here that I could like legitimately see making it all the way to the finals. It's a very open left side of the bracket. Uh, I would leave, if I had to leave two people out, it would be Stacy and Liz Shannon Miller. I think are the two people over there that I would be surprised if they made the finals. Mm -hmm. Uh, but this is one of the, this is going to be one of the closest and most competitive matches, I think, uh, for the reasons that you've stated. Uh, but I'm going to go the other way. I think the kid is going to be a sleeper in this tournament. You know, obviously, I, I guess the one reservation we have about him is that we haven't seen a ton of what he can do in round three because free-for-all is all round one questions. And uh, I believe he only had to answer one round three question. I think he only had to answer his two-pointer uh, when he went up against Video Drew. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, not the, not the biggest test that he got there. Um, but... I, I still think that uh, he's been improving. I think he's been studying a lot since that first match. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, you have to think about the kayfabe as well. Um, yeah. Is Whitney going to be rattled going into this match? Uh, I think he uh, does have a pretty wide range of knowledge, but as we've seen, there are some specific areas maybe where he might get tripped up. Yeah. Um, and so it's going to be close, but... I like the momentum that the kid has coming into this match because we haven't seen Whitney in a while. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he does have a team at some point that we'll probably see in the team's tournament with him and, and Mark Edward Hoyk. Yep. Um, but, you know, he hasn't played, I, I don't believe, since uh, either since that singles match or since Critically Acclaimed lost the title match to the Shire Wolves. Um, yeah, I'm not so, sure if it's more recent. Yeah, but... So he, it's been a while, and for that reason, I think I'm going to go with Brendan in this one. Yeah, I think that's a totally fair pick. And to your point exactly, if, they, if he ends up in the final on this side of the draw, that wouldn't be my pick, personally. He'd have to go through some strong competitors, Whitney included, but it wouldn't surprise me, necessarily. I, I think that there's a lot of people over here that are very even on the left side of the draw. Maybe the upper left corner that we're talking about right now is a little bit weaker than that bottom left corner, but anyone can emerge out of this. And, and if Brendan does... That won't surprise me at all. I think that it's a very valid point that Whitney hasn't played in a while, and who knows if he's going to come in 
hungry and having studied for the last month, or if he's going to come in kind of just sleepwalking his way into the tournament and not thinking too much about it. Because I'll be honest, the person who I was most surprised to see in the straw is Whitney Seibold, especially with the absence of Dan Merle. And I wonder if with if Dan were in the Ultimate Schmidt on Singles Tournament, if we would, um, if we'd even have Whitney. And it, it also makes me think that that may be leading into something happening in New York uh, with, a, with a certain yeah. title shot on the line. But I think that it, it is what it is, right? We have Whitney, and he's a good competitor, but he's not even ranked in singles. I was just—I actually pulled up the rankings. Well, he doesn't uh, he have a win. So. Well, exactly my point, but I'm saying that—that that it, it, that's why I was surprised. Yeah. You now, granted, was he the first choice? Maybe not. I mean, I would have expected someone like JTE and, and Mark and Draco. Yeah. Yeah, Mark, especially Mark and Draco. Uh, even even Eric Zipper or someone like that. If mm-hmm. if you have Stacey Howard in the tournament, I'm surprised Eric Zipper couldn't be either. Um, so I think that he's a little bit of a surprise here, and I think that could go in your favor with the fact that he's even surprised to be in the tournament. Yeah, uh, or maybe it could go the other way where he, you know, he's really hungry, and if he studies a lot, I think uh, his ceiling might be higher than the kids. So we'll see. We will see indeed. All right, Scott, let's move on to the next match. You know, I talked about six of the eight people I could see making the finals, and the next two guys are included in that six. The Professor, Lon Harris, and the Powder Keg, Paul Preston. (laughs) Obviously, we saw this match just a couple of weeks ago. Lon Harris coming out on top in a very close, very hard-fought match. Uh, Do you think he can make it two in a row here? It's hard to ever bet against Lon. I mean, I know that his record doesn't always necessarily reflect that he's one of the strongest singles players in the Schmodown, but I think he's probably one of the strongest singles players in the Schmodown. Uh, I mean, I will never forget his incredible battle with Ethan Irwin from last year, very early on in the season. I think it was Ethan's second or third match in the league, and it was quite the fight between the two of them. And, you know, I, it's such a bizarre thing to see Paul Preston and Lon Harris on the same table, at least in their kayfabe. Yeah. I mean, Paul Preston, a bit off-putting, but I absolutely love his his character. You know, not all the characters and new characters in the Schmidt on this year have worked for me, but Paul's uh, surpri- has surprisingly endeared uh, himself to me, and I, I like him a lot. As for the actual way the match is going to shake out, I don't, I don't even. Lon would have to have a really off day, I think, to lose to to Paul, and I think that to I don't know. Okay, well, you're raising your eyebrows at me. Maybe you're surprised <laughs> by me saying that. I mean. I, Go ahead. go go ahead, and then I'll. I'll oh no! Uh, I was just gonna say, like, I love Paul. I'd love to see him win. I think Lon, things have to go Paul's way. I think for him to to get the upset, which is probably true of any upset, right? That's not that crazy of a thing to say. But Lon is is the professor. I think that he's better than his um, his record may reflect. I mean, we say that about Drew McWeeny a lot too. That you know he's someone who's barely over five hundred as a singles player, but he's not. Um, He's not really always delivered in the results uh, column. And, you know, we were just talking about people who aren't in the tournament. Drew Guy um, and Drew McQueen yeah. both also aren't in the singles tournament. Both members of the family. And Robert Meyer Burnett commissioning the tournament is a real surprise. So I wonder if it's Which a scheduling why, thing or something weird is going to happen. Sorry. And to, to jump in there, not to talk, not to get off track from the bracket and talk about yeah. uh, kayfabe or the nuke, but I really feel like the nuke is going to be something involving the family because you yeah. haven't really seen Robert Meyer Burnett use the commissionership to help the family thus far. And, yep. you know, they did make it sound like this is his last action as commissioner. So I wouldn't be surprised if it helps the family some way, but we'll see. But back, back to the bracket. Yeah. Um, I'm picking you know, on Harris against my better judgment. Right. Um, I don't know. I just think that, you know, you say that, that Lon would have to have an off day. Well, he almost had an off day in that first match because he yeah. was down to his last question. Uh, his back was really against the wall. It was one of those matches where 
Paul kind of controlled the match the whole way. Um, yeah. But Lon Harris was just able to stay close enough to force him to answer that last question, and Paul Preston couldn't do it. And, you know, it was one of those at the end of the match where I was like, wow, it's kind, it feels kind of weird that Paul lost that match because it just felt like yeah. we were going towards him winning the entire time. Uh, but Lon stayed just close enough. So I think this is a really close match. Uh, I think Paul uh, is going to be my pick uh, just because he's, you know, he's shown he has a lot of knowledge. He's had a perfect round, I believe, in one match, at least one match. Um, I think he... he he more than more than Lon had maybe the the screwy day in that first match uh, with the questions that he got, um, and I think that uh, he's shown himself to be a more consistent player in the uh, many recent matches that we've seen him in. So uh, I'm going to go the other way, and I think uh, that the powder keg is going to win this one. Like I know, I'd be happy to see that. I like his character more than Lon's. They're both great characters, though. Let's be real. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm just sad we don't get more of Cody. As a student, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But Cody is is a little bit uh, preoccupied at the moment. I I do believe taking paternity leave from uh, school. It's okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Last match on that left side of the bracket, Scott. Uh, probably a bit of an easier one to predict uh, than the. Uh, you say that. That's probably where the upset's going to be now. <laughs> yeah, it pro- probably is. Um, ben Bateman, uh, obviously. He had a chance to get to that title match in New York. Lost to Kalinowski in a close match. Great match. Uh, and he's going to get Liz Shannon Miller, um, who had a number one contender shot back at the collision, mm-hmm. uh, faced off against Paul Oyama, uh, and lost that match after a pretty, a fairly impressive three and zero start to her uh, career. Uh, Scott, who do you like? You know, I'm wearing my Team Bateman shirt just to yeah show reveal it. Reveal it. Yep, Team Bateman. I got that for Houston when we went to that. But yeah, you know. We'll see if I pick Ben Bateman to win this entire tournament. That's a, a matter that we'll discuss further shortly. But I think that I'm definitely picking Ben Bateman for this one. You say it's the easiest pick, and I, and I think that's fair uh, for me on this left side. There's a lot of there's a lot of coin flips. Honestly, we could we could get all of these you know these three that we talked about so far. We didn't pick the same people, but you know I could see them going either way. And I, and yes, there will be certain picks that were upsets, but I don't think either of us would be surprised if any of the people won of the first six that we just talked about. Yeah. That being said, I will be surprised if Liz Shannon Miller beats Ben Bateman. That doesn't mean she won't. She could have, you know, taken her lessons that she learned against Paul Yama to heart, gone in and and studied and gotten a lot sharper. But I think that, you know, this has been said before about other runs, maybe, and I, well, at least I should say, and I think it's often been said invalidly before. But I think she really had an easy three in a run. I mean, her match with JT with JTE was yeah was very was very weird. I mean, we talk all the time about or it gets talked about all the time about question difficulty being imbalanced in certain categories. But I mean, that's some of the most stark imbalances and difficulty of questions I've ever seen in round two. Um, And, but that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. And that's how you, you know, you can only answer the questions that are in front of you if you're Shannon Miller. Uh, But I think that we both felt going into that number one uh, contenders match, that it was going to be an easy victory for Paul Yama. And it was maybe even easier than we thought it was going to be, but it was, it was an easy victory. And I think that unless she really hit the books hard since collision, I think that it's going to be uh, roughly the same story here with Ben, unless, of course, you know, the wheel goes her way. Uh, like, it, like it did against JT, right? Uh, it can happen. But I think that Ben is the clear favorite in my mind for this match, especially the way he's been performing. Yes, he did lose to Kalinowski very recently, but that match could have gone either way, too. It came down to that five-point question. And, you know, if, it had, if that match had gone to overtime, that would have been surprising at all. And uh, I think Ben is probably one of the best players in the tournament. 
So I, I, I think that he's going to make it through to round two at the very least. Yeah, I mean, my one misgiving with picking against Liz is just that they always have this, you know, they always say this remark about how, oh, you know, Ethan Irwin put, pick, picked her to be in the, the um, yeah, I hope that singles tournament and said he was even, she was even better than he was. I don't think we've seen that so far, but, you know, there is that that one slight misgiving about, you know, what happens if she suddenly, you know, unleashes her potential. Yeah. Right. Uh, but I don't think we've seen that. As you pointed out, I think that the match with JTE in particular uh, could have easily gone a different way on a different day. Uh, and when she finally got, I guess, what would be the toughest match she had for sure against Pauliyama, uh didn't, it wasn't a very competitive match. Um, and so, I think that the boss is still hungry. Um, I think that the horsemen need a win. Uh, and I think that uh, he is going to be able to provide uh, that win for them, at least in this match. Um, remains to be seen going forward. Uh, but he was really close to Kalinowski. You know, he had the lead going into the third round, I believe. Um, uh, I think that's right. But, um, but, you know, just couldn't pull it out in the end. But I still believe in Ben, uh, and I think he'll get past Liz. All right, let's move over to the right side of the bracket, Scott. Um, perhaps not not quite as much of a, a uh, battle uh, on this side of the bracket as on the left side, but still uh, some good matchups, one in particular uh, that is catching my eye that we'll get to in just a second. Mm-hmm. But let's start off with Ethan Irwin and Haley Fouch. Scott, uh, I want to throw something at you here that I just listened to on Collider Live. John Roca, the outlaw himself, going with the upset in this match. He thinks that Haley Fouch is going to upset Ethan Irwin in New York. He pointed out Ethan Irwin, um, of course, did lose the last time he was in New York against Dan Merle in that title match. Uh, And I think he believes in a New York curse for Ethan Irwin. Do you believe in the New York curse for Ethan Irwin? I do not. Nope. Yeah. I, uh, no, I, I love I love Haley, and we've we've actually already predicted this match too, haven't we? I think we did this on our last Champs Lunch episode. We might have, yeah. Yeah, we were talking about the the New York Live event coming up. I love Haley, and what I said, I believe what I said at least on that podcast was anything could happen if she gets the horror category. Um, she's probably not going to have the lead going into round two, but if she gets a perfect eight points uh, by spending the horror category, she could find herself right back in it. And Ethan's play, we've seen less of him, right? Ethan's play this season has probably been a little bit weaker than last season. We'll see if that continues. He is playing a little bit less frequently, which I think can you know, ring rust to, 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 you know, is a continuum. It's let's real. say it's real. Yeah, it's real. Um, and it doesn't, you know, you don't have to be off for one year before you experience ring rust. You can just be a little bit rusty and that can affect your round one performance. I mean, I think, um, you know, I was, I was surprised that he wasn't higher on the top 10 list of round one points, uh, per, per, per match score that, that, um, that Frankie numbers put up on in the Facebook page uh, a couple, I think it was last week I was, he was on the list, but I was surprised he wasn't further up the list. And so I think that that may be because of his, his play this year uh, so far, just being a little bit off of his standard, his really exceptionally high standard that he set last year. But I think that he will have enough barring some real luck of the wheel uh, for, for Haley, because he's one of those players that, you know, even if Haley gets eight points and gets horror in round two, even if he spends opponent's choice, does he have a weakness? I don't think the guy has a weakness. So he's still going to scrape out five or six points and be in the match for round three. And I think that we've seen over the course of, you know, the Schmodown for the last year and a half, when both of them have been in it, that he's probably stronger in, in, in round three than she is. And it's probably worth 
a, a couple points more than she is in round three. So I can really only see this going one way. Um, I, I, I think it, barring a truly exceptional uh, spin, a couple of spins of the wheel. Yeah, I mean, it sucks for Haley because I do think she's a really good player and I like her a lot. Um, but I, you know, for, so for her to have to get this match up, it does kind of suck. She had a tough match against Eric Zipper, which I believe is the only singles match she's played so far. Um, but she's really showed what she can do uh, in particular when she's on the Scream Queens. Uh, and I think, you know, maybe if she was going up against uh, like a Lon Harris, uh, I could I would definitely think about going with the upset. Um, because I still think she'd be an underdog in that match. Um, but I think that Ethan Irwin is just a buzzsaw. Even if he hasn't been as strong this year, it would have been hard to match the standard that he set last year. Um, and I think, you know, he, he, he definitely seemed like he was back in that last time machine match, um, which of course went to overtime against Paddington too. Um, and he definitely was, was firing on all cylinders in that match. Um, and I think he'll, he will be doing so again here, you know, with of course the caveat that he did lose in New York last time, but as Christian pointed out, uh, Dan Merle had to have a perfect game in a title match, uh, in order to, uh, fend off Ethan in front of that live crowd. So I don't think that the live atmosphere of New York really pe- played that much into uh, Ethan's loss as much as having to go up against the GOAT at the height of his powers did. Yeah, and also to the point, going back to the beginning of this conversation about John Roca, I have very... I put very little stock in Roca's takes on just about anything. Uh, love love you on, on Movie Talk, John, but... Uh, we have some disagreements, I think, on movies. And we have John Roca in the chat right now, actually. No, oh, that's amazing. Put that out. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you know, he, he has his takes, that's for sure. Yeah, um, and, and I, I'd put it this way. It, you know, if Haley Fouch does end up beating Ethan Irwin, it won't it, it won't be some moment of genius from Roca that predicts it. It'll just be pure luck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he'll probably try to claim it will. It was, but um, I think you're right about that. All right, Scott, let's move on to the next match, which I think to me is possibly the most eye-catching matchup in the first round of the Ultimate Schmodown. William the Beast Bibiani and Chance Ellison, the Cobra. This is the match we're going to see in Arizona um, live. Oh, yeah, I uh, forgot. Just like the one that we predicted uh, just a second ago with Ethan and Haley. Uh, Scott... This one is a coin flip for me. Uh, you know, the, it's obviously it's hard to bet against the Beast, uh, former yeah. movie trivia Schmodown champion of the world. There are few, if any, players in the league who have as much knowledge in his brain as the Beast does. But you look at Chance Ellison, you look at what he just did in that team title match against the Shire Wolves. Spoilers, um, if you haven't watched the match yet. But um, yeah, well, too late. Spoiler, spoiler alert. You know, yeah. Uh, I think most of you have probably watched it, but um, perfect first round in a match uh, that featured Clark Wolf, Rachel Cushing and Mike Kalinowski and chance was the only one to get a a perfect round. Uh, He was clutched throughout the match. I really think he did make the difference in the match in the end for uh, corruption. He was good on the buzzers in round four. I don't even Um, think, I think he, he was the difference, right? He, you know, you're to your point. He got the, I mean, he was clutch on the last three questions in the buzzer round after Rachel took the first two. he, Helped Kalinowski out with multiple bond questions. It was clear yeah. from watching the match. And, I mean, the guy didn't miss a question until the final round. And let's not discount the fact as well that he was one question away from facing Dan Merle instead of uh, Paulo Yama for that title. Um, yeah, and one five-point question. One five-pointer, exactly, uh, that he just couldn't quite pull. 
And he very easily could have won that match and then beaten Dan. Um, I thought he was winning that match. Let's put it that way. Right. Um, and so he, he could very easily be the movie trivia showdown champion of the world right now. Um, as it happens, he is not. And much like, you know, we were, we were grieving the matchup that Haley got in the first round. I think, uh, it really does suck for chance, whether you're a fan of him or not, uh, to have to face someone like the beast in the first round. Um, Again, I'm not sure if they really seeded this thing or how the matchups really stacked out, but he's definitely got to feel like he got an unfair draw in this. There's um, no way they seeded this thing, man. There's just no way. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. I mean, of course, there is matchups like, you know, Roca against Silvestrini, which is kind of a disparity in seeds that you would expect to see if they had seeded it out. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that in a sec. Uh, who do you like in this match? You know, Scott, you said it sucks for Chance to play Bibiani in round one. I'll tell you that I think it sucks for Bibiani. Maybe it sucks for Bibbs, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to go with Chance. I think with that. I think the live event is going to help him. I mean, obviously, Bibiani does fine at live events. He did the free-for-all. I think he won a match with Critically Acclaimed as well at a live event, but I could be wrong about that. I probably have to fact I don't think that's right. Yeah, yeah maybe not. Mm, nope. Okay, maybe not. Well, anyway, I think the point is the free-for-all this past year, clearly, I mean, two-time free-for-all MVP, this most recent year, of course, being a live event. Uh, only round one questions, of course. We talked about that already earlier with Brendan Meyer. But I think Chance is on an, is on fire right now, uh, no matter which way you, you cut it, right? And he lost only by a hair to the current, like you said, movie trivia Schmidt on champion. So I think that, that Bibbs should be, you know, more pissed than chances. I think chance I'm sure is just like, why couldn't I have Silvestrini or someone like that? And, you know, no, no, yeah. no, no offense to those players. Uh, but I, I think that it is a tough matchup and I'm going to, I'm going to pick chance. I'm going to, I'm going to be different here. Like I said, I think it is kind of a coin toss for me. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see chance win the entire tournament. I really wouldn't. Um, yeah. but I'm going to go with Bibbs. I think he's just such a, a beast. Um, I think it's so hard to pick against someone with that much knowledge in their head. Of course, he does have losses and, uh, you know, he, he won that title only to immediately lose it again, uh, to, to John Roca and, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think, you know, he has his weaknesses as much as any other player does, but, um, you know, it's another player. uh, That's fair. Right, but he he has weaknesses just like any other player. Um, I think it's just tough to pick against him, so I'm going with the Beast here. But it's going to be a fun match, of course. Chance, uh, something else, something we didn't, a factor we didn't talk about was that Chance will be playing in front of a home crowd in Arizona where he's Yeah, that's from. what I was saying. The live uh, event, I think it will help Chance. I should have been more yeah. explicit, but yeah, no, because it's his hometown. Right. You're right. Um so yeah, interesting to see how that that plays into it as well. And well, the crowd will be warmed up by the wildberries. So I mean, you think the wildberries yeah, are going to be warmed up? Wildberries, wildberries. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, Josh Bakuga also not in the singles tournament. Um, Just missed out. Big shame, if you're asking me. Uh, all right, Scott. Let's move on. A match we alluded to a second ago. Uh, the outlaw himself, John Roca, he of the hot takes, uh, taking on. Rachel Silvestrini, another player like Whitney Seibold, who is in the tournament despite being 0-1. Who do you like? You know, I'm going to pick John Roca in this one. I, I like Rachel. Uh, we briefly interacted with her while we were in Houston. So I think she was there. Unless I'm just totally making that up. Um, but Yeah, we, we said something. I don't even remember what it was about. But Yeah, yeah no. I, I like Rachel. I think that she's not quite yet to that level. I think she... I hope she proves me wrong. 
I, I think she's she might be the weakest player uh, in this bracket. That being said, weak players have pulled out upsets before that we weren't expecting. If so she gets happen. Disney in round two, I mean, she she destroyed in that Disney match. So absolutely, I mean, and you know, we've seen her in in Inky in the Brain matches. You know, get her strength and do very well in round two as well. So it's not impossible. I think that in some ways, Kevin Smith, she she beat that Kevin Smith round that one time too. Yeah, no, that's actually the, that was the, exactly the one that I was thinking of. I, so we've seen her have strong round two performances, uh, a la Haley. What I was talking about with Haley Fouch earlier, and what it would take for her to beat Ethan Irwin. The problem is, I just I just am not convinced that her general knowledge is strong enough even to complement. A strong round two. I mean, I I don't know the numbers on, across her teams and uh, singles performances on round one questions, but I'd be shocked if it's if she's averaging more than five points, uh, more than five points around one. And I think that you know maybe you could argue that Roca is a little bit off the pace these days as well, at least compared to how it used to be. But I think he's going to have enough to get by Silvestrini in this round one match. Yeah, I think he is a little bit off the pace, but I think that that's why he'll probably uh, be happy with the matchup that he got here because, to your point, I do think Rachel is definitely on the weaker side of the players in this tournament. Uh, I think Roca desperately needs a bounce back. He, quite frankly, he stunk in that match that um, Founding Fathers had against Corruption. Uh, he didn't have much to offer at all, uh, even in round one. Um, and I think, you know... If he loses this, that might be that might be it for the outlaw. Um, but I can't see him losing it. Um, I think that uh, even if he has an off day, he still has enough to beat Rachel. Um, I think going forward is where we may have more of a question about how far Roca can actually make it. Um, but I don't think you know, kind of like Mark Riley, I don't think that the first round match is going to pose much of a difficulty for him. So. Uh, I'm going with the outlaw. Yeah, you know, no matter what he says in promos or in other interviews, I don't think that he wants it as much as he used to. I think winning that singles belt yeah. last year, in terms of his individual career, I think that was the that was all that he wanted to accomplish still in singles. And you know, would he bite at the chance to retain or get the belt again and and have a chance to defend it, which is something he hasn't been able to do? Right. Absolutely. But I think that from this position where he's four matches away from a title shot. I don't think he wants it that badly yet. And that's okay. Right. Like he, he, I mean, he said multiple times in, in interviews this year that he, you know, hit the single thing he wants to still achieve in the showdown is that team belt with Dan and the founding fathers, uh, which is awesome. But it just, yes, it, I think it will get him through round one, but you know, when he's coming up either against Janine or Mike in the, in the next round, which we're going to talk about in a second, I think that he'll find it much more difficult. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And uh, that's a nice segue to that final match of the first round. Uh, another match that we saw this season pretty recently, uh, Mike Kalinowski. Mike Red. Uh, yeah, the the man who uh, is possessed right now. Um, he, he did, of course, lose to Snyder, which proves that he is human. I had my doubts there for a while because he was on one of the one of the best runs maybe in Schmodown history yeah. um, and was very close to being Mikey three belts. And he's still close to being Mikey three belts. He just, you know, he's got four he's got four matches here uh, to, to become Mikey three belts. Um, and his first one is against someone who is not a slouch for sure. Uh, Janine 
uh mike you know i think did have a tk on that first match he did. Uh, yeah but it actually started uh, his recent you know, i think he was four matches away from the title belt then too i, yeah. I don't know i have to count it up but um Sorry. Yeah, but I no. Sorry, there was just a glitch there. I think that um, I think that was an off day for Janine. I mean, she has struggled in round uh, round three to be sure. Um, there's no denying that. Um, Less and, so recently, to be fair. I mean, yes, against against Mike, definitely true. But we started to see some signs of that yeah. being put aside. And I think, but I think that if you know, if you want to beat someone like Mike Kalinowski, you're going to have to get. Uh, probably a couple of round three questions uh correct at least so um i guess you know it may depend on if she gets her categories or not but i think she is capable of winning this match but for me kind of like bibiani i mean it's hard to pick against ko right now he did have a setback against snyder i do think that perhaps fatigue played a part in it um and Burnett making him turn around and play the match immediately because it seems like he was a little rusty he had a low score um not the score that you would expect to see from him um, typically in singles, uh, especially given the run that he was on. Uh, I think with more preparation and freshness, uh, he is going to be able to do the double over Janine, uh, who, you know, again, bad matchup for her. She's a good player, yep. uh, but I think KO has a little bit too much right now. Yeah, you know, I think Janine is so close to breaking through. I think I really believe that. I think she's really close to breaking into that next tier of player. I think she's right on the cusp of that second or third tier, depending on how you break it down. And I just think that this is another bad draw for her. I think that she, if she were to be able to build up confidence and get ahead of steam up in this tournament, she might be able to pull off some upsets. And she still might pull off the upset against Mike. Uh, we'll, we'll see. But I think that it's going to be really hard for her, her most recent match. I think her, I mean, maybe she played the, She's probably, yeah, so she's played the time machine since, then. she's played with the time machine since then. But I guess, no, actually it was the same week. I don't know which, so I guess it would, the singles match would have been more recent because it was the Janine week. And But yeah. it's, it's tough because her most recent match was against Mike, so she's going to get a chance to get him back. But Mike's too hot right now. I agree that fatigue played a factor in the match against Snyder. But I think even that ma- even in that match against Snyder, you know, he... He grinded out. I mean, I guess that's the first time in a while we've seen him without getting Bond, um, a particularly tough category for him. I'm actually forgetting the category that he got in the, on the wheel uh, for that round, but it clearly was one that did not do him well. And I thought he was in deep trouble until Snyder struggled with his round too. Uh, so, you know, that that win could have been could have been a, a much larger margin, and the match going a lot less close if Snyder had gotten something that he was successful in uh, in round two. And you know, we've seen Janine, you know, be a rock star in round two and put in strong performances with categories like, I mean, rom-coms comes is the one that comes first to my mind. So you know, if she were to get that, I think she's a strong enough competitor to get a good deal of points in just about any category. But if you find her getting rom-coms, you know, Mike could have his back against the wall in round two. If he doesn't, if he doesn't get something that's a little bit more of a strength, uh, then, uh, what he got against Snyder, which I believe was it Kate Blanchett. Is that what, is that what he got? I can't remember. Uh, I, can't, I was sitting here trying to remember as well, but I can't. I should because it was just the other side. Yeah, no, I, I think it's one of those things where I think Janine is capable of putting up the upset because I agree that that was an, a bit of an off day, but she still got TKO'd and she's going to need to put in a stronger performance and need Mike to be a little bit off in order to beat him. So I'm still going to go with Mike. 
All right. Uh, that completes our first round uh, predictions. Uh, so let's move on to the second round, Scott. We'll have a few different matchups here since we had some different uh, picks in the first round. Um, so we'll start with you. Uh, who do you think is going to win between Mark Riley and Whitney Seibold? Yeah, this is a tough one to predict. I think that this is, you know, in some ways, if you're on the Mark Riley train, I think this is a great matchup for him in the second round, not having to play someone, you know, in the other half of his of his um, of his half of the draw, the other quarter on his half of the draw. Uh, so not having to play a Ben Bateman, you know, his teammate, of course, or a Lon Horace or a Paul Preston, not having to play any of those guys. I think Whitney or Brendan is is an ideal matchup for him. And you know what? I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to give it to him over Whitney. I think that I might regret this, this pick, but uh, I am going to go with Mark Riley. I think that although Whitney might have enough to break through against Brendan, I think that that motivation that will slightly, you know, elevate him in that match will disappear a little bit when it goes up against Mark Riley. And I think Mark Riley will, uh, will be hungry to prove that he's, you know, he still has what it takes in the singles division because he hasn't had a good year in the singles division. Of course. I mean, I mean, obviously, I, don't, I guess, did he play in any other matches besides Snyder? In he beat McQueenie, yeah. I'm sorry? He beat McQueenie. Right, he beat McQueenie, and that was a great match between the two of them, but maybe he got a little bit lucky with McQueenie uh, yeah. blowing it in round three, which isn't the first time that he's done that. So I think he'll have a lot to prove, more so than Whitney in this match, and I think that that will, that will get him over the line, and that will move him on to the semifinals. Yeah, so I've got Mark Riley against Brendan Meyer over here. Yep. Uh, Scott, you know, whenever I pick my NCAA tournament bracket, I always I always take a flyer on one team, one or two teams, and, uh, you know, have them winning not just one game, but two games. And uh, rarely am I actually right about, uh, <laughs> you know, who the team is that, that makes the Cinderella run. Uh, but every once in a blue moon, I am right. And so I'm going to take a flyer on this one. I think Brendan Meyer uh, is on a roll right now. Uh, I think he really wants this. Um, and Riley, you know, my misgivings are, you know, kind of what you talked about there. I think that his two singles matches have been interesting this year because I think, like you said, McQu the match against McQueenie, he was probably lucky to win that match uh, because McQueenie missed, I believe, his three and five, which is not something that he's going to do very often. However, then you look at that match against Snyder, and I think that's a match where he was unlucky not to win. Um because it did come down to Snyder literally guessing the only Welsh actor that he knew. Resigns uh, or whatever. Yeah, in order to, to get the answer right. And then, of course, Riley could not get his question in the end. But um, that's that's unlucky, you know, when your opponent guesses the answer to a five-pointer. I mean, that's, that's not going to happen very often. Um, so it, it's hard to know what to make of, of Mark Riley at this point. Um, I think he has shaken off the ring rust to some extent. Um, but it has been it a while. He hasn't shaken it off by now. I mean, I don't think he's ever yeah. going to shake it off. It has been a while since he played a match, though, um, is my point. Um, and well, I guess that will be the live event, the Chicago live event. Yeah, I guess that was the last time, and they were they were defeated in that match. Um, I mean, that was April. So that was a long time ago. I'm going with Brendan Meyer. I think the kid is my sleeper pick on this side of the bracket. Um, there's usually one sleeper who makes a run in the ultimate showdown. Uh, there wasn't really last year, but certainly a couple years ago there were. Um, it was tough with only eight, eight people in the tournament last year to have a sleeper. Yes, that is true. You really had the best of the best. No one was really that much of a sleeper. But, um, I guess Clark Wolf, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
but I'm going with the kid here. I, I like him to reach the semifinals and pull off the upset against against Mark Yodi Riley. Um, bold- hey, I, can, I can see it happening too. Like you, if I had yeah. picked Brendan Meyer in round one, I think that I might have. I think I probably would have picked him over Mark Riley. And I, I guess I just maybe I rate him higher than the rankings than other people do. I don't. I don't think it would be that big of an upset because I think that you know since the free for all, his stock is pretty high. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with that, and I hope that I'm not reading too much into his free-for-all performance because, again, round one questions. Um, but he had a solid match against Video Drew, and mm-hmm. um, the their first team's match, obviously, he played really well, too, uh, with Shazam. So uh, Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what his category coverage is in round two because we're still a little yeah. bit new on seeing what he can do with categories that aren't strength. Honestly, is it Oscars movies? What even is his strength? <laughs> is it yeah, Oscars? that's a good question. I don't really know. <laughs> I think it's Oscars. It might be. Uh, but who knows? Maybe we'll go watch this match after this, and Brendan will be out, and I will look like an idiot uh, when this video is published. But it uh, won't be the first time. It won't be the last time. Um, okay, Scott, let's move on uh, to our next quadrant here, our next quarterfinal matchup. Uh, you have Lon Harris against Ben Bateman. Uh, who do you like in that one between the professor and the boss? Yeah, it's, an, it's a juicy rematch from last year's qualifying gauntlet for the ultimate final single tournament. I'm sorry. Which Ben won, I believe. Correct. He he did win. He did win. I think that was considered a bit of an upset at the time, uh, all things considered. And you know what? I don't, I don't think that Lon will be favored this time. I think that Ben will be favored in terms of rankings. I could be wrong. I have to double check that, but I'm going to go with Ben again, this time, probably voting with my heart more so than my mind. But I think even with my mind, I might still go with Ben. I think he's, one of the sharpest players, he's still, even even put up against Lon, he's, I think he's still the best player without a belt uh, on his resume. And of course, Lon is in that category too. But especially given the performances that we've seen Lon recently, I think a little bit um, weaker since you know his heyday, kind of middle of last season before he played Ethan Irwin. Um, I think that Ben is, is better right now. And I think that Ben will push through this one. I think that... He's going to want it. I think he's going to really relish the opportunity to play his teammate, Mark Riley. If Mark, I don't know the order in which they're taping. That's true. Happy, I course, but it would be really great for the horsemen to have two people uh, in the semifinals. And I think that Ben is, is their best bet to get there. Cause I think that he has an easier draw than Mark and he's a stronger player than Mark. Uh, I think even Mark would admit that. So I'm going to go with Ben Bateman. Okay, so I have Ben Bateman against Paul Preston. And Scott, I don't know if you sent in a bracket for the contest or not, but I'll go ahead and tell you that I did have Paul Preston winning this match in the bracket that I sent in. Uh, oh, no, I, you're, you're flipping. No, I'm going to be a flip-flopper because it could go either way. Uh, I think there are certainly some good points to be made uh, in favor of Ben. I kind of went with Paul in that bracket because it was more of a unique choice. And so... I think in those those types of contests, you give yourself a better chance if you uh, of being you know the last man standing. If you go with a more unique choice, and then it happens to yeah. it happens to come true. Uh, so a little bit of strategy there, but uh, I am going to go with Ben. Uh, yeah, he, he's he's very strong. He's going to want it because of uh, the Horseman Curse. Can't discount the Horseman Curse, of course. Uh, I think it he's has- going to want it because he wants the belt, man. I don't even think I have yeah. anything to do with the Horseman. Yeah, I mean, yes, that that is true, of course. Everyone wants the belt, but uh, I think 
especially because of uh, what the horsemen have been going through. Uh, I think Paul Preston, very good player. There's a reason I, there's, you know, I didn't just pick him for strategy purposes in that other bracket. Um, I think he's very capable of winning this match. I think pretty much with any of these matches we're going to pick at this point, they could go either way. Uh, But on this flip of the coin, I'm going to give it to the boss. Fair enough. All right, Scott, right side of the brackets. Um, and again, we had a different matchup uh, up top. So you have Ethan Irwin taking on Chance Ellison. Who do you like in that match? I believe another rematch? No, or did Chance play Dan in the first round last year? Who did Chance play in the first round of the Ultimate Showdown Singles Tournament last year? Was it? I think uh, it, was Ethan. it was Ethan, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh, man, what a matchup. That's awful. Now it sucks to be Chance. Um, no, I'm going to go with Ethan. I'm a bit biased because, you know, I've, I just think Ethan is incredible. I think that we've seen him fewer times, and he's been, I've already talked about all this, so I'm just going to breeze past it here. But he's a little bit rusty here, so maybe Chance has a chance to, uh, to get that upset and record a second upset because I think that his win over Bibiani would be an upset. But I'm, I'm picking Ethan, and I, I would pick Ethan over Bibs too. Yeah, so Ethan against Bibbs is what I have. Um, obviously, we it, we sort of saw this match uh, with with the three way match that happened um, with Roca in there. It is always weird, you know, the because of the, dynamics. the format is different. The stealing dynamics, right? Um, it's hard to say that because Bibiani won that match, he cert- he has a head to head advantage here. Um, but it's two titans of the game. Um, they've both been movie trivia Schmodown champion. Uh, they're both incredible players, um, and I was thinking that that Bibi, Bibiani was the one who beat Erwin, but it was uh, Andrejko um, mm-hmm. to get to that title match. But um, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Ethan. Uh, I just think this feels like it feels like the fact that we haven't seen him uh, that much this season. It feels like he's been in some late. I know I know that he has a real job, and that's probably what he's been doing. Um, but uh, I just, man, he was lining up that new Matrix movie, man. Yeah, that's true. I just feel like uh, people are discounting him maybe a little bit because we haven't seen him as much this year, uh, and maybe he he hasn't been his usual buzzsaw self in a couple of the matches that we've seen him in. Um, and I think you know he, the sleeping giant is going to be awoken for this uh, tournament, and I he definitely has the stuff to get past Viviani, uh, and I think he will do just that uh, and make it to the semifinals. There you go. All right, Scott. I believe we do have the same matchup down in the bottom right quadrant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can both take a stab at this one. John Roca, the outlaw, and Mike, the killer, Kalinowski. I think if anything's going to wake John Roca up, it's going to be a, a match against KO. So I think you'll get, if, if, John, if John does make it past Silver Stream and Mike does make it past Janine, he's going he's gonna to want that one, <laughs> I think. I think you're going to see him wake up. But I think it's going to be... Too little, too late. I think Mike is just incredible right now. I mean, we've talked about it already. We could talk about it probably for an hour about how how amazing he is. Uh, he's doing, and so I uh, I really just see this going one way again. It's going to be Mike. I think Roka is just not as sharp as he used to be, and I think that then you know at the stage of the quarterfinal stage, him wanting it, I think it's just going to be too late to be able to study enough to compete with Mike. Yeah, this match is not going to lack for trash talk. You can definitely bet on that um, when Roka and, and Kalinowski are going at each other. Like you said, I think there's something to be said for the fact that Roka is really going to want to win this match. Um, 
because it is Kalinowski because of uh, the the rivalry, the very one-sided rivalry so far that, that the Horsemen and Corruption have been having this season mm-hmm. uh, because of those two team matches that the Founding Fathers have lost. All these factors are going to go into Roca really wanting to win this match. But I think Roca is a very emotional player, and sometimes his emotions can get the best of him. To be fair, I think you could say the same about Kalinowski, and arguably that's what cost him in that match against Snyder. Um, he really rushed into that one answer. Uh, and won't do that again. Who knows, it might have ended up being the difference in the match. Um, we'll never know. Yeah, we won't. But... Um, but so so emotions will be running high. Uh, but I think when you factor in, um, like you said, that that KO is going to want to learn from that mistake and probably not going to make a mistake like that again, uh, at least not this soon after that Snyder match. Uh, and you also factor in the fact that Roca has been a little bit off the pace this season and struggled in recent matches. Uh, combine that with the high tension that is going to be running in this match, and I think uh, Mike gets the slight advantage. Uh, though I'll be rooting for for my boy the outlaw. Um, I, I would love to see. You know, I, I think that I I would compare what the outlaw is faced with here to like uh, what Christian Harloff had in front of him, and that uh, when he when he made his run to the title back in in 2016, I think uh, nobody really gave him much of a chance. You know, he was he was a veteran of the game at that point. Um, he was we know now that he was going to step away basically if he had not. Uh, you know, made it all the way and won the title, um, but was able to just sort of channel up some magic, uh, you know, ch- from back in the day and, and beat Snyder, beat Bibiani, uh, and then take out Dan Merle in that slog of a match to to win the title. So I think we could see uh, something like that from Roka. It would be cool if Roka could have one last run like that, uh, but I'm just not sure if there's any precedent to suggest that that's going to happen uh, recently. So Slight edge to Mike. I think he moves on to the semifinals. Agreed. All right. Semifinal time, Scott. Uh, you have Mark Yodi Riley uh, going up against Ben the Boss Bateman. Who's the boss? Uh, internal war. Uh, who is going to be the boss in this match? I think Ben's going to be the boss. He's going to wear his namesake well. Uh, we're going to learn who the boss is and who's the boss. And uh, if to if we're being honest, I think. Mark also knows who's the, who the boss is uh, in that partnership, as, as good as they both are. And, I mean, they're a great team. I can't wait to see them in the Ultimate on Teams tournament again, where they, of course, made their name last year. I, I think that Ben is going to be the favorite, and I think Ben is going to come out on top, making it to the finals. Uh, again, I am wearing that Team Bateman shirt, so take it with a grain of salt. But I think ben, Ben's going to gonna wear his uh, white Hanes T-shirt with his uh, suit jacket well into the finals. Uh, okay, so I've got Ben Bateman against Brendan Meyer in the semifinal match. Uh, and this is what I'm struggling with, because like I said, I in my bracket that I submitted, I had Paul Preston beating Ben. So this is not, some, this is not one that I had to think about beforehand. Uh, and part of me wants to go with the kid, just because I'm taking a flyer, you know, might as well go all the way with it, right? Um, but I think common sense has to start to set in at some point. Not that the kid can't pull off this this uh, this win, because I yep. think he can. Uh, but I think at, at a certain point, the magic r- might run out. I don't think that he has the all-around knowledge of someone like Paul Oyama to just come in and, and go on an incredible run right off the bat uh, and get there to the title. Um, I don't know that we've seen that from him yet um, outside of those round one questions. Uh, so I think... 
yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the boss. I think uh, he's just going to prove too strong for Brendan in this match. And uh, I'm not wearing a Team Bateman shirt, so uh, even though I am a fan, you could take uh, my words with a little less of a grain of salt than you could take Scott's, I suppose. Uh, and I've got Ben moving on to the finals. You had to pick sides, though. You would be Team Bateman. Yes, of course. All day. Um, all right. The other semifinal, Scott, uh, I believe we have the same matchup going on over here. Ethan Irwin against Mike Kalinowski. Two guys who have not faced each other, but uh, man, this could be an epic match if we get to see this one. Yeah, it's exciting because I've managed to pick my way into several rematches from last year's tournament between Ben and Lon and Ethan and Chance. Uh, something that you did not give yourself the option to do. But I think that uh, this being a new match, it'll be amazing. I really hope we get this matchup because these are two guys that I really want to see play uh, because they're not a contrast of styles, although I do think Ethan just like doesn't study. I think he just rolls into matches and he's well, just a freaking okay. genius. Okay. To your point, uh, he, this was they were talking about this on Collider Live today and uh, I think it's been mentioned before in some uh, capacity on some video somewhere that Ethan, yeah, he said to I think it was Kalinowski or Ben Bateman at one point. He's like, it's it's uh it's cheating to study. Uh, like you just <laughs> need to go in with the knowledge that you have in your head. And I, you know, I kind of understand that because like, you know, yeah. that's part of with the purpose of trivia. Not to get super philosophical about it, but like that's that's the fun of trivia to me. Uh, is yeah, just when you get asked about things that you you know you have picked up in your uh you know just time of loving movies that y yeah. you've managed to absorb that knowledge, not uh, for the purposes of winning a trivia contest. You just happen to have absorbed that knowledge. And then that knowledge happens to come in handy when you are in a trivia contest. I do sympathize with that view, but it's kind of like, it's kind of like looking at the game of baseball nowadays. Um, and the, uh, the way that the statistics heavy approach has become the norm. Uh, whether you like it or not, I think you have to acknowledge that it is the way that the Schmodown is going, uh, the way of the Kevin Smetzes and the Mike Kalinowskis, the people who uh, have these elaborate study methods and spend hours on end studying. Uh, yeah. I think that is going to be the secret to success going forward. Um, so it is an interesting contrast in styles as well. No, absolutely. And I think it lends more credence to my theory that Mike Kalinowski is the Novak Djokovic of the movie Trivia Schmodown. <laughs> yeah, um, about that. But, you know, pure knowledge versus studying. I mean, contrast in styles. Contrast in, like, general stress fee versus highly strung uh, personalities, too, just on the, on the table. Mike, I mean, even, like, I mean, you watched those last two matches last week. I mean, the guy looked like his eyes, <laughs> he looked dead inside. I think he was just exhausted. It's kind of how yeah. Mark Andreco looked, I think, at the end of last season uh, for comparison. I think that he will get back up for it, though, uh, by the time the tournament rolls around, certainly this deep in the tournament. And when he's so close again, I think he's going to be really, uh, really up for it. And I just, it's so hard. It's so hard to pick against Ethan Irwin because he's so smart. But I think, I'm going to go with Ethan. Yeah, I hadn't really decided until just now, but I'm going to go with Ethan. I think that we saw a vulnerability in Mike with something like Kate Blanchett, if that's who he got. I can't remember. I'm sorry. It was some female actress category, I believe, that he got. But I think that the fact that we know that those weaknesses exist now, and I think that that just would not happen with Ethan. There's not a single thing on the yeah. wheel that you could pick for Ethan that's going to result in him getting fewer than four or five points in a round. Um, and I think that that fact... I think it means that I, I'm, I have to go with Ethan, even though I think Mike is probably a better player of the game. 
I just don't think he has the natural gifts like Ethan does to, to pull it through. But you know what? If he proves me wrong and we get a Ben Bateman, Mike Kalinowski rematch, I'm not going to be complaining too much. Yeah, I mean, it is, It is again, to go back to the analogy, it's the old baseball against the new baseball. And Scott, you know I'm an old baseball guy, uh, <laughs> and I'm going to continue to be the old baseball guy, at least when I predict this match, um, because I, I do have Ethan coming out on top. I think that, um, you know, we talked about in that last match how uh, emotions could play heavy when, when you're talking about Roca against Kalinowski. Um I think that's something we haven't really seen from Ethan Irwin is any sort of emotion whatsoever. And that can be intimidating because uh, he doesn't get rattled uh, because he's, he's so confident in his own knowledge. I mean, you know, like we just talked about, he doesn't feel the need to study, um, you know, par- partially just on principle, but also he has so much knowledge in his head. That I think, to. Right. He probably feels like he doesn't really have to, that he um, has a lot of knowledge there and he's going to pick up even more just, in his daily life, working for, for silver pictures and uh, just living the life that he does. Um, and so I think, you know, it's old school versus new school. Uh, you might call me crazy for it um, with the run that KO has been on. Uh, but I think that uh, the smooth stylings of Mr. Big Time Ethan Irwin uh, are going to take him through to the final match. Singles is always going to be the hardest one for him. And I think it will stay that way. All right, Scott, I think we have the final, the same final match here, um, actually. Uh, so in my, uh, in my uh, bracket that I submitted, I will say that I had, uh, I had Paul Preston going up against uh, Jesus. Uh, Ethan Irwin in the finals, and I had e- Ethan winning. So I have a different matchup here with, with uh, Ethan Irwin taking on uh, Ben Bateman. That's what we both have as our final match. Um, perhaps a bit of a chalky selection. Uh, in the end, but you know, we had a little bit of fun along the way. Um, at least I did with uh, with having the kid make a little bit of a run. Hey, the chalk um, almost always plays out in the tournament. Just yeah, you bet, you bet the chalk, you're going to win most of the time. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. Uh, Virginia did win it all this year as a number one seed. Um, and Duke the year but there, you know, you do have those UMBC moments every now and then. But uh, let's let's talk about this final match we have here, Scott. Ethan versus Ben. Um, who do you like? What's going to be the X factors in uh, this match and who's going to move on to that live spectacular to face off against uh, either Paul or Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Who has the live X factor? I mean, goodness gracious. I have no idea. The thing is, and I, we talk about this anytime I feel like we predict a big Ben Bateman match. We talked about it with a match with Kalinowski. I think that Ben's like mind tricks just like don't work on some people. Yeah. I don't think they're going to work on Ethan. He's yeah. just too much, too cool of a cucumber. I think for it. And he just, Strolls in, he does his business, and he goes about his day, and uh, you can't do anything to stop him. You talk about him being a buzzsaw. He's a very mild-mannered buzzsaw, let's put it that way. I think that it, it'll be very difficult to get under Ethan's skin, and I think Ben will need to get under Ethan's skin to beat him. I'm wearing my Team Bateman shirt. I would love it if Ben were to earn himself a title shot. But I think one of the tough things for him here is that I mean, yes, Ethan did lose a five-round match to Dan Merle, but I think the five-round match here, it goes, it doesn't help Ben at all, I think. I think that unless, I mean, the betting round does add a flavor of unpredictability, but if Ethan gets a little bit sharper with the buzzers, I think that he's going to be beating Ben. Um, I think it may not even be close by the time the fifth round rolls around. I think it'll, it'll just build up over time, and... Um, 
I think Ben would need to rely on the shorter format to give himself an advantage and have fewer opportunities for Ethan to separate himself because, you know, round to round, you know, Ethan's on average probably going to be scoring more points. Of course, the speed round and the betting round are unique in their format. And so anything could happen. But I think that more often than not, what's going to be happening is going to be happening in Ethan's favor in those rounds. And so I'm going to go with Ethan against Team Bateman here. But, you know, Ben making it this far, and if he really turns it up to the level we know he has, he could pull off that upset. I just think that Ethan is another tier of player. Yeah, I'm with you here. I think uh, as good of a player Ben is, uh, I think, you know, he has shown weaknesses this season. Um you know, uh, particularly in uh, that match against Kalinowski, uh, what happened in round three there. Um, team matches this season, who's the boss, uh, has struggled a little bit. Um, and I just think we haven't seen the same kind of weaknesses from Ethan. We have seen weaknesses, but not quite. I mean, the Ethan's same. scoring over 20 points in like every match. Yeah. I mean, you have to score like 23 or 24 points to beat him. Yeah, so not quite to the same d- degree as we have uh, as as Ben. So I think that uh, that's going to be big. Like you said, I don't think Ethan's Ben is going to be able to get into Ethan's head. Um, I do think the speed round could be big in this match because uh, I, I seem to recall that Ethan not being particularly fleet on the buzzers uh, in the past, maybe his laid back approach uh, doesn't serve him particularly well in this speed round setting. And uh, we have seen what Ben Bateman can do uh, in the speed round. I'm thinking about that, uh, that movie release dates match where he just like went ham once it got down to the That's movie release dates. I was just yeah. saying, yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, but he, he, I think he can be quicker on the buzzer. So that could be big, but like it you said, be. I think round five could be the great leveler. Um, and I think Ben would have to build a little bit of an advantage going into round five. Uh, if he wants to win this match, I don't know that he would be able to pull it out, uh, unless he has a two or three point lead, um, going into that final round. Uh, so yeah. I don't see that happening. I just don't see that yeah. happening. I know, again, with rounds three and four, anything can happen. It's the speed round. I think that's a great point that you bring up, that Ethan's a little bit slower on the buzzers. He was playing Roka for his title shot. So, I mean, I think there's an asterisk there. Even though I think Roka probably did really want that match. I mean, we talked about him wanting to defend. So maybe less of an asterisk there than I originally thought about. But when the match with Dan, when he was defending, I mean, Dan definitely beat him pretty badly on the buzzers, if I'm remembering. So that's a good point. And, you know, Ethan doesn't study. I doubt he's probably going to prepare with the buzzers either. So we'll see. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a fair point. Um, but yeah, I th- I'm with you. I'm going with big time here. I think he's just going to be uh, too much of a burden uh, for someone like Ben. I think Ben, at least for the time being, is going to remain the best player to never win a belt. Um, he's Depends on who's the boss plays first. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they they have the chance to make a run in the teams tournament, but uh, the teams tournament is is a whole nother bear. And I have a feeling when we pick that, uh, we're going to be pulling our hair out uh, with some of the matchups, just as competitive as the team division has been. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there you go. There you have it. Uh, we have completed our brackets. Um, some disparities along the way, but uh, we ended up in the same place with Ethan Irwin defeating Ben Bateman in the finals. We picked the chalk because I think Ethan's the top ranked player. So. Yeah, yeah as, two, you know, rankings. as with the NCAA tournament, we will probably be throwing our brackets out by the second or third match. The first uh, match for you after Brendan loses to Whitney. <laughs> no, right, we'll, we'll find that out here soon, I guess. But yeah. um, 
you know, it, it's nice to hope. It's nice to have that hope and optimism going into the tournament that, yeah, th- I, I can pick the finals. Uh, and, you know, we we talk about that 2016 Ultimate Schmodown, uh, or 2017, rather, which was so crazy, and there were so many upsets. But, you know, it was counterbalanced, I think, by last year's, where there weren't really that many upsets. Um, and the match that you had in the end uh, between Clark Wolf and uh, who was it? Clark Wolf and what? Sorry, who was who did she face in that final match? Wasn't it Ethan? Yes, it was because she almost won. Um, but she she said Southside with me instead of Southside with you. Uh, so I think that that final match, you know, again that was that was a pretty chalky finish. I think that uh, those are two of the players that you would have expected to see in the finals of the Ultimate Schmodown. Uh, I mean, didn't know. didn't Clark beat Dan? I don't think that's a chalk pick. No, Clark played Dan at the Spectacular, and oh yeah, she did beat him in the tournament. That's right. Um, yeah, 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 but but there weren't any really huge upsets. So I think that yeah, uh, because with, Dan played JTE to get into that match. Yeah, at the Spectacular. So, so I think that it's not necessarily unwise to to pick chalk here. I think not that, JTE. It couldn't have been JTE. Sorry, he was out. Um, I don't know I who think, it was. Who who it was that did what? I said Dan played JTE to get into the match with Clark, but that's not right because JTE was out of the. I think Dan played against Stacy Howard um, in the in the first round. I'm yeah. talking about and after he lost, he played the loser of e- whoever Ethan played in the semifinals. To it was in Draco. It was in Draco. That's it. Yeah, was. yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, that was that got us a little off track yeah, there, but um, so I don't think it's crazy to pick chalk. Uh, there have been upsets in the past, but there have also been chalky finishes in the past. Uh, and I think that uh, there will be some upsets early, but I think that it is all going to even out in the end with Ethan beating Ben. Um, so Scott, anything to add before we uh, finish this first live stream? Yeah, I'm going to correct myself again. Clark did not beat Dan in the semifinals. Clark beat Andreco in the semifinals. Ethan beat Dan. Because Dan, Dan beat played Andreco. Yes, Dan played Andreco. Dan beat Andreco. Dan played Clark, beat Clark. And then it was Ethan against Dan. Yeah, there we that, go. That's right. Uh, the long, crooked road to where we are now. All right, cool. Thank you, thank you corrections department. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, Absolutely. that should just about do it. Anything further to add before we conclude, Scott? No, I'm just excited that we got our first live stream under our belt and looking forward to doing this again in the future. Yeah, it's been fun. All right, I gotta there figure you have out a it. new arrangement where I can get some because I have my Schmodown prints. I gotta like hang them behind, behind me next time. So I can yeah, also where you don't look so much taller than me, that'd be nice as well. Just get a different chair. <laughs> Come on, man. But this chair is so comfortable. Uh, <laughs> That's it. My, my chair is not comfortable at all. So maybe you're yeah. winning. All right. Uh, thanks for watching, guys. Uh, we will see you real soon in another live stream soon, hopefully. Um, but this has been fun. Uh, we will see you next time. Uh, this has been Champs Lunch. Thanks. Thanks, everyone.